0: Hello there, my name is Stuart Fernie and I want to welcome you to my series of reflections on characters and themes in some of my favourite films. I will also present thoughts on a handful of literary works, and there may be the odd vaguely philosophical piece as well. On this occasion I will be discussing a selection of poems in Baudelaire's Les Fleurs du Mal. This episode is not planned as literary criticism but rather a discussion allowing young or new readers of Baudelaire to become familiar with some of the ideas, thoughts and themes contained in the poems. First published in 1857, Les Fleurs du Mal is a collection of poems divided into five sections, Spleen et Ideal, Les Fleurs du Mal, Révolte, Le Vin and La Mort. On its initial publication, Baudelaire and his publisher were prosecuted for an insult to public decency, and six poems were banned. A second edition was published in 1861, which contained 32 new poems and a new section entitled Tableau Parisien. The poems contained in this collection deal with a wide variety of themes and generally reflect the philosophical mood of the time, as well as Baudelaire's own feelings and torment, and his overwhelming belief in the value of modernism in the arts in the second half of the 19th century. Baudelaire's poetry is remarkably clear, incisive and accessible. Although highly personal, he manages to make points which are equally applicable to all men. He considers themes such as good and evil, human nature, conflict between the spiritual and the physical, religion, death, time, discipline and self-control, boredom, destiny and artistry. I have chosen a handful of poems, L'Ennemi, La Destruction, Le Reniement de Saint-Pierre, Le Vin du Solitaire and La Mort des Artistes, which illustrate these themes and ideas. However, the work which encapsulates beautifully the themes and feelings of the author is the introductory poem entitled Au Lecteur, which touches on many of the themes expanded upon in the course of the collection and gives the reader a clear indication of the tone and content of what is to follow. Baudelaire immediately introduces several of his main themes within the first four lines of Au Lecteur. He lists four somewhat negative qualities of human nature – stupidity, fault, sin and stinginess – and suggests they overwhelm our minds or spirits and control our bodies. He goes on to suggest that while we may nourish regret over this, this regret in turn feeds off us. Thus, Baudelaire has already introduced his somewhat jaundiced and negative yet realistic view of human nature, the division between the body and the soul, the concept that man has little, if any, self-discipline or self-control – and of course the idea that conscience serves largely to weaken man, causing him to doubt himself, though in the next verse he suggests that this has little or no effect in real terms. In verse 2 he says our sins are stubborn and our repentance is faint-hearted. We pay handsomely for our confessions and what may be a dig at the Catholic Church, but then we happily return to our murky paths, thinking we have washed away stains on our characters with a few cheap tears. Here, Baudelaire makes it clear that although we are conscious of our misdeeds, we can't stop repeating them. We may try, or pretend, to alleviate guilt through confession or atonement, but that doesn't stop us reoffending. Once again, man's willpower is called into question, as is organised religion. He almost goes so far as to suggest that we are hypocritical, as we buy a clear conscience for a short time before once again committing the same acts. In verse 3, Baudelaire personifies temptation or evil and suggests that temptation gently but steadily draws us in, and great willpower and determination of which we can be so proud on occasions is simply vaporised by this temptation. In verse 4, he expands and suggests it is the devil who holds the strings which move us. Man has no effective willpower or control and will always give in to his nature. In moments of clarity, we may see general unpleasantness and ugliness, We recognise our wrongdoing, yet our nature causes us to see something attractive within this, and we give in to temptation. Each day we descend one step closer to hell, without complaint, recognising the unpleasantness and wrongdoing around us, yet we continue. In verse 5, he gives a specific example of a debauched man who turns to an ancient prostitute in order to gain a fleeting moment of pleasure. He compares this act to squeezing the remaining juice from an old orange, Clearly, this is a desperate act of pure physical satisfaction with no hint of love, romance or affection, and no hint of spiritual worth or beauty. This is a very clever metaphor as it not only exemplifies the division of body and soul, but also introduces the idea of carpe diem, by which he suggests we should squeeze every drop of life from every moment and every experience. Verse 6 suggests that temptation is all around us in a million shapes and forms. It is unstoppable, in much the same way as death comes closer with every breath of life we take. Here, Baudelaire introduces the inevitability of death, underlining once again the importance of making the most of every moment, as life will come to an end. In verse 7, once again, we have a list of misadventures which Baudelaire finds attractive, and which brighten our uneventful lives and our pitiful destinies. Life is boring or pointless and Baudelaire finds such activities preferable to banal and monotonous existence. Once again, there is implied recognition of unpleasantness involved in these activities, yet Baudelaire finds them attractive, especially given the boredom and emptiness of the alternative. However, he does seem to suggest that indulgence in such activities shows a certain strength of spirit. The last three verses run together. In verse 8, Baudelaire compares vices to a list of various creatures and animals, all displaying strength and purity of purpose while following their nature and also representing danger. However, in verse 9, he suggests there is one more awful than any other, one vice that could destroy the world. In verse 10, we are told this is boredom, or a sense of pointlessness, and we, the readers, are reminded that we all know this vice just as well as Baudelaire. There should be no hint of superiority on our part, for we are all the same, all brothers sharing the same vices. This is an excellent introductory poem which was almost certainly written after the others. It expresses themes and ideas with such clarity that it almost summarises rather than introduces the ideas Baudelaire will go on to discuss in the main body of his collection. In L'ennemi, Baudelaire likens life to, or describes life by way of, weather and gardening metaphors. He has had a hard life, lightened only occasionally, and he asks if Hope for the Future will find some way to grow in the barren land of his life. Suddenly, in the last verse, he turns his attention to time, and suggests that time consumes life and its veracity grows stronger as we grow weaker. He goes from a beautifully and effectively descriptive poem to one which attaches blame and reveals anger and frustration at the thought of time consuming his life. In La Destruction, Baudelaire again emphasises lack of willpower and recognises the guilty nature of his thoughts. Temptation is once again personified, and he suggests that if he is feeling low, demons or temptation will take the shape of an attractive woman. Knowing Baudelaire cannot resist such a work of art, and this takes him far from God's gaze and influence. Once again, it seems man is incapable of offering any resistance and has no control over such matters. Temptation transports him from the land of boredom. Or is this in fact depression? Are we to see interaction with women as a form of release from self-doubt and depression? In the last verse, Baudelaire recognises unpleasant side effects of indulgence, but this is not enough to stop him. Yes, there is some expansion of themes treated in Au Lecteur and some of these are expressed with slightly greater clarity but there is little that is new, thematically speaking, although it is interesting to note discussion of depression as a possible extension of boredom. Le Reniement de Saint-Pierre offers an interesting discussion about God and Baudelaire's attitude to religion. He appears to suggest that God is asleep on the job, ignoring the situation of revolt against him, a reflection perhaps of the effects of the Enlightenment movement, and even seems to suggest complacency. He goes on to point out that martyrs die in the name of God, but that heaven does not appear to have had its fill of their pain and suffering. Baudelaire asks if God is listening, and appears to suggest a certain injustice and lack of caring, as he uses empirical evidence of pain and suffering in God's name. He goes so far as to suggest that God may have laughed at Jesus' suffering. Not that Baudelaire renounces Jesus. Jesus represents humanity, but he points out that God did nothing. Jesus was full of promise and hope but Baudelaire suggests he was ultimately let down by God and Jesus must have felt regret on his death. This poem, perhaps more than any other, reveals the malaise felt in the late 19th century as the principles and challenges of the Enlightenment movement made themselves felt. In a sense, Baudelaire feels almost abandoned by God. He wants more from life. He wants direction, purpose, sense, morality. These things were in place but they have now disappeared with the arrival of the challenge to God's very existence and the authority of those who claim to represent him. God is not responding to this challenge and is allowing pain and suffering, not least the pain caused by the possibility of his non-existence. In Vin du Solitaire, Baudelaire lists several things which can make you feel better about the pain of life, but best of all is a bottle of wine which pours hope, youth, life and pride into its consumer. It can make you feel triumphant and equal to the gods. Clearly, Baudelaire is seeking a form of escape, and this poem reveals something of how he feels about life, as a series of insurmountable problems and wine offers a momentary release, although he recognises the fleeting and illusory nature of that solution. In La mort des artistes, Baudelaire considers whether death will allow artists to meet that which has captivated and inspired them, Will it release their spirit from physical limits and allow them to grow? Do artists gain a glimpse of what is beyond the physical to see the truth? Will death enable them to achieve a spiritual reality? Much in Baudelaire's poetry suggests he is lost. He doesn't know what to believe or whether he should believe in anything. At one moment he suggests God is responsible, the next it is the devil who is pulling the strings. Then he decides it doesn't matter anyway. He will simply seek pleasure in his experiences because life is short and should be appreciated as such. He appears confused or at least unclear about who or what is responsible for life, but he is quite clear that he finds nature overwhelming. He feels he is not in control and is disappointed that he cannot find it in himself to rise above his nature. He sees his own shortcomings and weaknesses with remarkable clarity and extends his criticisms to the whole of humanity, so that he understands the consequences of his actions but finds himself incapable of altering his nature. Baudelaire makes much of the fact that death is the end. If God does not exist, then there is no afterlife. This also brings home the fact that life is relatively short and should not be wasted. Each moment is precious and should be filled with something worthwhile. Yet life is also boring and repetitive and perhaps ultimately pointless all the more reason then to seek moments of pleasure to relieve the boredom and pressing feeling that time is running out. Baudelaire frequently emphasises the temporary nature of moments of pleasure. These are fleeting moments which make life more bearable, but the pleasure he takes from them is double-edged. He is left with the feeling that physical experience is lacking in some way. He is happy to indulge in his freedom, but regrets the lack of spirituality and the depth that would lend the experience and a sense of control over these events. I think this is essential to understanding the torment, despair and spirituality which underpin Baudelaire's Fleur du Mal. The key to understanding Baudelaire's poetry is in understanding his ambivalence towards moral freedom, his overwhelming desire to indulge in the moral and sexual freedom implied by the Enlightenment movement, indeed his inability to resist it, but countered by his recognition of negative aspects and his longing for something of spiritual value accentuating his awareness of the emptiness and fleeting nature of mere physical being. This is reflected in the very title of the collection, where he finds himself attracted to something, yet recognises its harmful effect. My thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you found it of some value. Please join me again soon for a discussion of more films and books.